0: Yo, hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. After last week's interview with Michael Myers, we received an incredible response, so many positive messages and feedback about last week's conversation. And to be honest, that is really why I started this podcast in the first place. I really feel like that episode just sums up the essence of the Power Hour to motivate, to encourage, to inspire, and hopefully to help people to rethink what is possible for themselves and for their lives so if you haven't already go back to last week's episode give it a listen because this week we are joined again by michael for a bonus q a let's dive in welcome to the power hour i'm Adrienne herbert wellness coach international speaker and author Each week, I speak to a variety of guests, from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, changemakers and innovators, to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. michael welcome back for the q a
1: thank you for having me once again
0: okay let's dive straight in so we're answering questions that were submitted via social media for michael and if you haven't already you need to go back listen to last week's episode and then hop back in so question number one is michael do you believe in luck or fate and i guess what i'd like to add to this is often when we hear people's stories or journeys especially very successful people i'm thinking about you know billionaires, CEOs, these people who often when they talk about their journeys and the hard work that it took to achieve, they don't often mention, oh, I was I was lucky or, you know, I met this right person in the right time in the right place and I'm just really lucky. You know, they don't, they don't it's very different if you earn a million pounds versus if you win a million pounds. So yeah, exactly. do you believe in luck or in fate?
1: Yes, I definitely believe in luck and in fate. I probably believe in fate just a little bit more because I feel like it's still part of like within your whole purpose and within your whole like destiny. Like I feel like fate is something that you can't run from and when it when it hits you, it hits you and you just have to accept it. I know for me personally, the week that I got my personal training certification, my roommate at the time was begging me to go to this party, begging me to go to this party. He went to the party. He was calling me, begging me to come to the party. So I'm like, okay, I finally went to the party. Afterwards, we're leaving the party. We get into a car service. I see a bunch of fitness DVDs in the backseat of the car. So my angelic self was like, who thinks they're a fitness trainer in here? And then my soon-to-be mentor at the time, Jeanette Jenkins, turns around and goes, child, I've been in the game 20 years. You better ask somebody about me. And she's like, are you a trainer? I'm like- yeah, I'm a trainer. I just got my certification a couple of days ago. <laughs> she was like, "Well, send me send me an email of a, of your goals." So I sent her an email of my goals that same night. She invited me to her house to go over some things that next Monday. And basically, after making me walk to Brooklyn to get some cheesecake for two three weeks, I found a job <laughs> with a celebrity trainer. <laughs> and that was that was luck. That was fate. But it was all part of. My plan, per se.
0: Right. So, yeah, you you met her, which was by chance, as you say. But I guess by doing the personal training certification and by having that intention, when you then met her, you then could you then could maximize the
1: opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time because it set up the structure for how my my training career was going to go at the very, very beginning.
0: Great. Thank you, Michael. Okay. Well, the second question I have for you is I am someone who sets myself goals and works hard to achieve them. But once I do it, or once I get the thing I'm working towards, I immediately move on to the next thing. So do you think that it is important to celebrate wins and milestones? And if so, how do you do this yourself?
1: I think it is imperative to celebrate wins and milestones we get so caught up on the grand scheme of things that we forget to celebrate the wins that we already have. Like there is a win in every single day when you have the mentality of winning the day and you have to give yourself little little congratulatory things, whether it be, oh, I can have an extra cheat meal. Oh, I can have another drink or oh, I can go get myself a new pair of runners or something of that nature just to keep yourself motivated and keep yourself in the game so you don't get washed up with the monotony of everything that's going on in daily life. You have to take a second to celebrate those victories and enjoy the process of the journey. Too many people do not enjoy the process of getting to their destination. And once they get to their destination, they're like, what do I do next? I didn't really celebrate anything. But it's imperative you must celebrate small victories.
0: Yeah, I think I need to hear that, Michael, because I can really relate to this this question. I think I definitely set the bar for something, and I and I always set the bar high. You know, it's never like oh, I just mm-hmm. want to do X. It's always like let me do the biggest and the best and the most. But then even when I do, and people will say to me like, oh my gosh, well done! You know, you you said you're going to do this thing, and then you look at what you've built. It's amazing. I'm like, mm, okay. But then i'm looking to uh, you know i could have done it better or what can i do next or how can i make it more and i have to check myself because sometimes it's like actually Mm -hmm. even for example perfect example would be this podcast we are just about to hit two million downloads i think we maybe have this week which is when i think back to when i started this show i was like i wish i could have my own podcast you know i go onto itunes scroll through to find the tim Ferriss show Head out on my run. And I used to think, wow, like I want to have my podcast. And now I go onto the Apple homepage this week shows we love, Power Hour, Adrienne Herbert, and it's 2 million downloads. But instead of thinking, wow, I'm sitting down, this episode, these questions with Michael, how many people can that reach? How many people are listening to this podcast, maybe on a run? And maybe maybe that person who's running, maybe that person, they run past somebody else and it makes them go, you know what? I haven't been for a run in a while. I'm going to lay, you know, the ripple effect, the ripple effect, you don't know mm-hmm. what you can do. And I can't forget it because already I'm like, okay, but I need to do this. What about the next thing? And it's It's very difficult. I think when you're someone who is like, I guess they call it a type, you want to mm-hmm. focus on achieving and you want to make things better. It's very difficult. I think to kind of go, Wow, well done. Look at what I've done. Give yourself a little gold star. Because my fear, if I'm really honest with you, is that if you do that, you become complacent, you stop pushing hard, and then you just become I don't know, you, you let mediocrity take over that
1: ambition. Right. See, I, I get I get where you're coming from with that thought process. Um me on the other hand, I'm more of a um I, I, I work hard, but I also want to play hard too. Mm. So When I know that I've achieved something that I've set for myself, I don't really have a problem with letting myself enjoy that moment and really be able to just like bask in it for that moment of time because it is a win. I am proud of myself. I'm not ashamed to say that I am proud of myself. And I feel like that that momentary release for whatever victory it is, is only going to catapult me to go further and go harder in the next endeavor that I want to reach because I want to be able to have the celebration at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's going to drive yeah. me to it.
0: Thank you, Michael, because I'm going to do that. I'm going to celebrate this win. I'm also going to thank every single person who has ever listened to the show rated, rent, you know, sent a, a review or posted it online or sent us questions today, because really that's, you know, it's this for the listeners and you know what mm-hmm. you, you're so right, celebrating it and enjoying it. That's the thing, enjoy the celebration. Again, it's so funny how we talked in the last episode about labels and stuff, but at school, I definitely mm-hmm. got, um, I'm quite competitive. And as a child, I was always like, people at school would call me a show-off and I hated it so much that yes. I think even now it stays with me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to celebrate things because people will think you're a show-off. And it's like, I'm not 11 anymore, you know? <gasps> Come on, Adrian, oh, you can celebrate, oh, it's fine. Oh, <laughs>
1: See, see, that's funny. So on the previous podcast, I highlighted a lot of the things that my dad implemented into me. But my mom, Jesus, she told me (laughs) every day that I was the best, that I was the greatest thing walking the face of the planet. And I believed her. And she says, everybody is not going to like you. Everybody is not going to be your friend. And that is okay because they can't handle the energy that you bring into a room. And if the look, if they look at your face and they want to look in disgust, it's because they feel a direct reflection of themselves and it has nothing to do with you. So don't ever try to dim your light because of how somebody else is going to feel, because it doesn't matter. If they want to call you a show off. Yes, I'm a show off. I go as hard as I can in every single thing that I do so everybody can see it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's yes. nothing wrong with being selfish. There's nothing wrong with being a show off in the things that you were destined to do, period.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Okay, the next question. I also, I've kept these questions anonymous, but if you're listening and you know this is your question, then I'm going to DM you. Uh, so the next question is, as a parent at a time when young people have a lot of access to a lot of things, how can parents ensure their children learn to be patient, and to stick with things for longer?
1: Um, I think on the on the first, on the shorthand, children are going to follow what they see at home. And at home, the conversation has to be reiterated. We stick with things. We don't quit. We don't quit. You have to see things through. If you started it, you have to finish it. And I think that that's one of the philosophies that was in, instilled in me. And it... it all the way through the rest of my life. I remember my first football practice after begging my parents to be able to play football after that first practice and really getting smacked in my mouth. I was like, yo, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Like, I don't really think I like this, but my dad's like, what are you going to quit? You can't quit now. You've been begging me for this for years. So you're here. You got smacked in the mouth. Boo hoo, get tougher because we're going back out there tomorrow. And it was that moment when it's like, okay, we don't quit. We don't quit. Things will get hard. Things will become difficult. You might lose your passion or inspiration, but see it through because we do not quit. It, that that has to be reiterated. Um, I don't have any kids myself, so I, I'm kind of like speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but I would say try to govern what they can see on social media if that's even really a thing because they're exposed to so much. But when you can just keep reiterating that dialogue at home of we don't quit, we see things through, we're finishers. I mean, you got to say it until you're blue in the face nowadays because they have so much access to other things. But I think that could be one way that could lead to them not quitting and wanting to stick to see things out.
0: Yeah. And what I really like about that, Michael, is that you're saying we, you know, we don't, we don't, as you said, they're kind of emulating you as opposed to saying, you don't Mm -hmm. quit, you need to do this again, 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 and kind of separating and putting it on them. I really like that. And I I can definitely, you know, I do have a a son, he's 10 years old. And yeah, you know, they have access to so many things. And I, I think about, obviously, as a as a parent, you want to give your children the best that you can. And, you know, I want to give my son things that an opportunities and access that I didn't have when I was, you know, growing up with a single mother, low income household and, you know, four children. So I didn't have the access to the things that he does. So I can understand mm-hmm. and relate whether you feel like, you know, you want them to try, I don't know, say a guitar lesson, or then you want them to try maybe a sports club. And then maybe this, and, and it's, I think kids are like, oh, two weeks. I don't like that. I'll do something else. Or, oh, after a month, it's really hard. I'm going to do something else. But as you said, if they're asking, you like, oh, I really want to go to this thing. And then you spend the money, you buy the kit, you do all these things. And then after two weeks, oh, I don't want to do that either. It's like, come on. how? You? I definitely think it's uh, maybe it's a little bit of both the timing, as you said, you know, having social media. I mean, my son doesn't have social media yet, but. I guess I have all of that to come. And yeah, I think I'm Mm going to just stick with that we, you know, the we aspect of saying, look, this is a mentality Mm -hmm. and this is a behavior that we have as a family. And that's my expectation.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me growing up, it was never just a you need to do this, you need to do that. There was an example of everything that was set for me to do. There was an example right there. Like I had that figure. I had that example. So there was no excuse. It was one of those, if I can do it, you can do it and you will do it because this is what we do.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Michael, you should see my son when I ask him to load the dishwasher. It is like, sometimes he literally walks over to the dishwasher with this face that looks so sad. And so, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, do you want to close the dishwasher and wash them by hand? Come on. You know, it's just so funny. Like, where did, I'm like, where does he get this? Because obviously I'm trying to be like, you know, lead by example, be an encourager, showcase hard work. And then I'm literally looking at that Mm -hmm. face and it's just like, come on. (laughs) Um, But So the next question I have for you is, well, it actually says to both of us, it says, Adrienne and Michael, you both wake up early and go to bed early. But what do you do if your partner stays up late and wakes up late? It's hard to have different schedules when you're in the same house.
1: So this is kind of an issue that came up in like my previous relationship because we were kind of on two different pages. And I mean, I guess that's why it was a previous relationship right now. (laughs) But it, it, it is a struggle when... There's a battle when you want to get up at five o'clock in the morning, but your partner wants you to stay up and watch Netflix until 12 o'clock. It's kind of hard, but like everything in life, you have to kind of find a compromise or a middle ground. So it's like if you're not going to get so much of me on, on, on the weekly at night because I want to be in bed by 10 p.m., And you're not going to get those extra two hours out of me, then maybe go above and beyond on the weekends when you actually have time to spend with that particular person. But you can't, you can't sabotage your routine for greatness for somebody else's boredom. And Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. You cannot sabotage your routine for greatness that you have set up for yourself because somebody wants a partner to watch tv with after hours like that doesn't even make sense because then they're taking money out of your pocket and you're taking food out of their mouth because you can't provide the things that you want because you're getting off of your routine so just on the back end on the weekends when there is time for you guys to spend together as one unit make the most of it and if your partner can't see that you're really on a quest for greatness and it means going to bed early and getting up even earlier, then maybe you need to see what kind of roads you guys need to go down.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah. Let's be honest. Cause, yeah, I guess that reality, like you said about sabotage, but also about support. If something is so important to you, then hopefully the person who loves and supports you is going to say, you know what? This is important to you. I get it. Even if they're not going to join you at that 5 a.m., as you say, they're not going to mm-hmm. hold you back and sabotage and say, oh, just have another glass of wine or, oh, don't worry about <laughs> it. Actually, they're there supporting and saying, yeah, I want you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to achieve all the things that you want, go for it. And hopefully, maybe, I don't know, maybe they see what you're doing and it rubs off on them.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, and the last question is again, for both of us. And it says, Adrienne and Michael, what are you going to do together next? My
1: my first (laughs) response is try to take over the world. (laughs) Through voice, through power and through motivation.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, in that case, we are going to have to do some serious brainstorming. We're going to have to get our heads together and figure out. Yeah, I know right now Michael has been here in the UK, but he's going to be returning to Los Angeles. So watch this space because, Michael, I love, love, love everything that you do. I love your message. I love how straight and honest and real it is and it's really refreshing, it's needed, and I just love the energy. So yeah, I definitely, definitely watch this space, everyone. We will let you know if and when and how you can get involved in whatever we do and whatever we decide to create together next.
1: Yes, I'm excited. The the, the future (laughs) is looking so bright. so bright
0: thank you so much everyone for sending in your questions if we didn't get to answer it then please do send us a dm and we'll hit you back as always have an awesome week thank you for tuning in to power hour and as i said two million downloads this week i am going to celebrate that win thank you all so much see you soon